Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. We provide dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission today to help give our dogs the world they deserve. Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and we are at the Shetland Sheepdog Club of America, national specialty in Albany, Oregon, with a fabulous Love the Breeds interview. And I'm so excited. I have like this table full of people to talk about a very, very fun breed. So welcome, everyone. And we're going to go around the table and introduce yourselves. Go. I'm Jenny Hines from Wilton, Connecticut. I'm second generation Sheltie breeder. I've been involved for 40 plus years. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Dr. Victor Stora, I've been in Shelties for about five years. I'm a veterinary geneticist and reproduction specialist. Go. <laughs> I'm Jessica Starbuck. I am from Brooksville, Florida. I've been in Shelties for about 30 years now. You just won a ribbon. I saw it. <laughs> I'm Kate Hines. I'm from Wilton, Connecticut, and I've been in Shelties probably about 10 years. And how old are you? I'm 17. And do you participate in junior showmanship? Yes. Should be 17. Excellent. She's third generation. Yeah, yeah and she's I'm a third, third generation. generation. I'm Jenny's daughter. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> here we go. Now we're getting some connectivity here. I'm Natalie Hollinger from Sterling, Virginia. I've been in Shelties for about two and a half years, but I was in sporting dogs before. Excellent. I'm Katie Gerwalski. I've been in Shelties for like 15 years, and I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Excellent. I'm Cheryl Kreitzer. I've been in Brittany's 27 years and in Shelties too. Okay. I'm Chris Machado. I've been in Shelties for 40 years plus. Wonderful. This is an incredibly great group of people to talk about a very fun and very popular little breed, right? So what is it that makes a Shetland sheepdog a great pet or companion? Why did you get a Shetland sheepdog? And everybody like go one at a time. I just think Shelties are the best breed. I guess I didn't have a lot of choice because my mom bred them before I was born, but in a way I did because, you know, when I got to be where I was old enough to show, she did give me the choice of having a few other breeds, but I ultimately went back and joined into my mom's breeding program. And I just think they're a beautiful breed. They're smart, intelligent, clean, easy to train, willing to please. And I just think that Shelties spoil you for other breeds. Good size. I think they're a good yeah, size. Perfect size, yeah. Who's next? So I got a Sheltie, not by will. My uncle had one, and he didn't want it anymore, so he gave it to us. Um, and that bloomed into what it is now. And so when I was an undergrad, I snuck two dogs from my breeder back home, and now it's 15 of them, and it's just kind of bloomed from there. And I, I like the size, and then they're fancy for their size, and you don't yes. really see that often. Yes. Yeah. They're a nice little hardy breed and very intelligent and eager to please, and it makes them a lot of fun to live with. And, you know, they're athletic animals, so you can go take them on a run, and they're just as good. You can hang out in your apartment with them. Okay. Good. Third generation, you really didn't have any options, did you? <laughs> yeah, well, both my sisters got different breeds, actually, okay. but I wanted a husky, and my mom said no. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I got a Sheltie for my seventh birthday, and I don't regret having one at all. I want to carry on the Shelties, and, you know, I might have one or two breeds along the way, but mainly 
I want to have Sheltie's just because I think they're great. Dogs. I love that future of our sport right here. Good job, Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Next. And you're new, right? So this I'm is, new, yeah. yeah. I worked for a sporting dog handler for a long time, and then I got into the Sheltie's about two and a half years ago. We stole her. Yeah, they stole her. <laughs> it's like a tug of war, but right. Um, Which sporting breed? Now, am I gonna cry here? Springers. Springers. Uh, I had okay. 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 Springer handler okay. for a long time, but I just spread my first litter with Jenny, co-bred Jenny. Wonderful. Uh, so that was awesome. I mean, they're smart. They're versatile. They're adaptable, and they have enough hair that you can play with, but they not can too be pretty. Much. Yeah, right. yeah. So. No regrets, no going back. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> no bags. <laughs> my favorite thing is how adaptable they are. I've had them for most of my life and in several different capacities, but I live in an apartment now, and my Sheltie is completely happy with that. They can live in an apartment. They can live on a farm. They're just completely content with wherever you choose to put them. Nice. They're kind of the comedian. Oh, I've yeah. got one that we used to do handling class, and as a puppy, we would go around the ring, and at the end of class, we have to mop up every time we're done. He would ride the mop around. So when we first got here the first day, he's bouncing at the X-Pen, and the guy says, I'm just mopping. Is he afraid of the mop? I said, no. He says, well, he can come see it. I let him out. He's two years old. He goes, stands on the mop, and he runs down the aisleway on top of the mop. <laughs> That's Fabulous. 40 years, you stuck with it. And I never had another dog. I really had never had a dog. My mom's two uncles raised English setters in Worcester, Massachusetts. And they had like big kennels with fencing. And my mom felt that a dog didn't belong in the city. We didn't really live in the city, but in Massachusetts, they don't have any fences. And so she thought it was just ridiculous to have a dog mm-hmm. that could get hit by snow plows. Right. Right. So we were allowed to have an indoor cat, and that was it. So when I got married, my husband, of course, wanted a dog, and my best friend's mom bought my best friend and I each. I had Hansel, and she had Gretel. Aww. He was a try from Two Famous Kennels, and she was a sable. And we had them for years. And then from there, I met a really top handler. I called her one day out of the paper because I had this Hansel and I wanted to breed him. And it was Pepper. (laughs) She's like, this is going to take a long time. I'm watching the football game. Call me tomorrow (laughs) and you'll come out and meet me and see, you know, because she wanted to see this dog. And she said, he's really not a bad dog, but he shouldn't be bred but you can start going to the shows with me. And so I did. And that was that. I love this. We're going to have to add a piece on this about mentorship and kind of the family. And that might even split out into a whole I did fix thing. her I up with that. my brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> they did get married and she is still married to him to this day. Oh my God. That is so fabulous. <laughs> Only dogs can bring us this kind of, this kind of life, I think is one of the things that I love about purebred dogs, right? I mean, that we have this, all of us, these connections. And so great size, great personality, all of those things. What are the drawbacks? Like who would not be a really good owner for a shell and sheep dog? Any ideas? Everybody should have a Sheltie. They're so adaptable. So right. kind of yeah. whatever your lifestyle is. I mean, somebody so that wants like a, an aggressive dog or like right. yeah. to be a guard, a guard dog. dog. Although right. behind a fence or behind a wall, <laughs> they think they're, they think they're <laughs> something else. Yeah. You know? And then when you open the fence of the door, they would be like, 
Oh. oh, what did I say? <laughs> but I mean, really, for a dog to kind of ward off somebody that you wouldn't want, you know, right. coming in your house right. or whatever, they're they're perfectly fine for that. But I mean, I would think that somebody just wanting more of a showpiece or mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. aggression yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. which isn't right. wouldn't be your ideal owner for any dog. Exactly, honestly, yeah. would probably not want a Sheltie or somebody's um, going to brush it more than once a week. Which yeah, is very minimal grooming. Yeah. To there's, keep it, but yeah, there's you do have to brush them. Well, but, but yeah. not even it's really not, that often. I mean, if they have correct coat, they really don't mat, right? And they almost shed off the dirt mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. But if you're not interested in, if you want an absolute pristine house with no hair at all, and they don't shed constantly like some breeds, mm-hmm. but if you really can't deal with any hair loss, then perhaps not. But right. they make up for it in so many other ways. Talk to me about their talking. They are a vocal breed. How do we feel about that? Is that something that you hear from owners that it's too much or that they're quiet when you have an apartment? Yours is good. Well, mine's debarked. Okay. <laughs> softened. softened. Yes. Yeah. But the thing of it is, is that people read, they bark a lot. And then I have people ask me, do they bark a lot? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, they don't just, they bark if there's a reason to bark. I mean, right. they just don't, if they're in here, they're just not walking around, you know, barking. And right. that's, I think, yeah. what people think. And right. then when you say to people, well, you know, if somebody knocks on your door or your post guy comes to, you know, and they hear something, they're going to bark at that. And then they think, oh, okay, well, that's different than what I thought. But what the difference is, I think, between this breed and some other breeds is that, you know, if you had a Dalmatian or a lab, they would think, oh, that's the trash guy. He comes every Tuesday. Right. He's been coming every Tuesday for two years, so I'm not going to bark at him. Whereas a Sheltie, every Tuesday, is like, the trash guy's here, the trash guy's here. (laughs) And that's, yeah, yeah, that's kind of the difference. Celebration. Celebration. I had one in an apartment when I first got mine. We have a house now, but because he was the only dog, he didn't bark as often. Now he has a friend, so they like... Talk to each other. each other. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know about him? It's crazy. He's like, oh my God, I'm so happy to see you. And he barks yeah. out of joy. <laughs> it's yeah. But they bark when there's a reason, but they don't just don't bark constantly. Yeah, they're not recreational barkers. You know? Yeah, and they don't like carry on. Like they bark over what they feel the need to bark over and then they stop. Like it's and not like done. they continually right. bark. Yeah. I mean, I think some that, you know, have incorrect temperament or okay. hyper, you know, might bark more, but most of us are not going to tolerate that right. kind of temperament and therefore, you know, not breed it. I mean, so I once again, how important is it to get a Sheltie from a good, responsible, ethical breeder? Because that is a, oh, an important I mean, piece like of it. Then it right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think that's what we were trying to get across that this is important and this is why, right. you know, this breeder right here or this one or this one isn't going to produce a dog with a temperament that's going to be right. yappity, right. yappity, I mean, yappity. And, they, and these things do come up. I mean, you know, it's in the breed, whether it's mm-hmm. correct or incorrect. I mean, you know, it's in there, so you're going to see it every once in a while, but you're going to try not to perpetuate that. Right. I think a lot of owners, like what I noticed, it's always cracked me up. I don't debark my dogs, and they barely ever bark. But I don't encourage, like, you know when dogs bark and people go, shh, or quiet. The dog doesn't know what you're saying, but you're answering every time it barks. So it thinks it should be doing this. So I just ignore the barking. I've never told them to shut up or anything. They bark when somebody drives up to the house or comes to the door. They might bark if I come into the kennel, but... I don't really have a barking problem. <laughs> Never so, really. Yeah, absolutely. How you interact with your dogs definitely going to have bearing on that. And some people really like the fact that they answer and they bark and they do encourage it. Because I've actually told a couple of people that are top breeders, <laughs> you know, I'm on the phone with you. You're telling these dogs to shut up 20 times. What do you do if you just don't say anything? 
and they don't know what to say. They're like, <laughs> well, mind bark. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I think you're encouraging the barking by answering them every time they bark. Absolutely beautiful. Okay, well, we have our veterinarian here. We're going to definitely go down this road. Talk to us. This is a pretty healthy little breed. What do we have for health issues to work with? So a main reason that I did continue with Chelsea's with comparatively, they are healthy. There are not a ton of health issues. You're not really worried that every puppy that comes out, you're going to have to screen for significant issues. I mean, they do have problems that can arise and typically those are we scrutinize the eyes a lot and the heart Mm -hmm. a lot and for the most part i have stayed with this because they are healthy and i don't they live forever don't they they can like the ones i see 16 is not uncommon wow very very cool and so eyes pretty much your primary concern a little Mm -hmm. bit of heart yeah okay so not terrible bad and again, they live forever. So this is like, I was, who was I talking to? Laotian people. Did you know Laotians live forever? Like 16 to 18. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Not exactly. even the longevity, but the quality of the veterans classes in this breed, I think is unique to the sporting breed also. But coming into Shelties, it makes you really, the older ones are some mm-hmm. of the most beautiful ones. And right. I've seen that in other herding breeds, actually, that you see a lot of quality as the dogs. And they don't show their age. I don't no, not at all. Like, yeah. you can easily see a 10-year-old that really, you know, can still function right. and a dog with less age on them and doesn't look like an archaic right. dog. Like yeah. some of these breeds, you know, lose Gray color out. and, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. What about the teeth? I think the teeth probably require more care than any thing on the you know like on the dog yeah interesting okay so like they I, need they need cleaning their teeth need i cleaning. don't like dirty teeth <laughs> who is really good at cleaning teeth and she is better than most vets pat <laughs> so so staying on top of and dental a, care yes and okay. i like to have clean teeth and one thing that bothers me i don't even like to touch dogs that have a gross mouth <laughs> and i well, think it shortens their life I, definitely our veterinarian yeah. will yeah. tell us yeah. I mean, yeah, we know that dental issues can lead to systemic body issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like every dog you have, you should be brushing their teeth every other day if you want to maintain a quality like dentition and avoid periodontal disease. So they can build up tartar a little bit faster than some breeds, mm-hmm. but as long as you're tasting on top of it, it's not as significant. And I know a lot of the bigger breeds will say, well, we give them bones to clean their teeth, and it doesn't always work. So daily brushing is definitely okay. the Good. best. Good. Good. I can remember when I was a little kid and I started in 4-H, the girl that always beat me in 4-H had a Sheltie. (laughs) 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 It left me with a real problem with the beat. (laughs) But I think that, yeah. (laughs) One of the things that I would love for you guys to talk about is the adaptability, but the trainability. They can do anything. So some of the things that you do with them, some of the games that you can play with Shelties, our junior handler. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just so eager to please. I'm actually a senior in high school right now, and I'm starting my senior independent study in three weeks, and I'm training the Shelties in agility. Mm-hmm. I'm training one to be a therapy dog, and I plan this all out. You know, that's what we have to do before we leave for it. So, you know, you can really train them in pretty much anything. That's my goal for the right. end, to do tricks and agility and therapy dog training on a fair amount of them. So... They're so eager to please and they're so motivated by food and like snacks and treats and like all this stuff. Skippy that snack. like, Skippy yeah. snacks. <laughs> 
I just did an interview actually with a Sheltie breeder, Tammy Van Dusen, that does herding. And she was talking about the farm test. Does anybody here do any of those farm tests? They sounded so cool. I was wanted to talk to somebody else that did them. I've done some actually with yeah. mine. Yeah. And I walked into this kind of farm trial with my little blue merle Sheltie and they had Aussies on leashes like lunging at sheep oh, and oh then my it's gosh. my turn or a border collie lost it or nail trying to go into oh, the pen. No. So I asked, I said, you know, do I put him on the long line? Do I put him on the co-? She said, It's not going to hurt any of my sheep. Just let him go. <laughs> so I, I let him go and he started actually doing it all on his own. So you'd like, there is that instinct. That instinct. In and he had you know, a little flock together and then he ran by and bit me once and then he ran by again because <laughs> he was just so much energy and so, so excited. excited. But right. they innately will do. Troy. Well, and I think too, you talk about the instincts and this goes back a little bit to how they are to live with. I have encountered this with like corgis. They herd you. Do they herd you? Do the shelters do that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. At family parties, you'll watch people slowly get closer and closer and closer (laughs) together in these little groups and it's because they're behind you. Interesting. Sometimes like people will come over and they're not dog people. I was shocked. One of mine who never does anything, it's like the biggest dullard, started nipping at the guy's heels. He was carrying all Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. stuff up in the house. And I don't know what brought it out, but they just like are natural herders. Right. And so that the nipping part, I mean, that's something you need to be aware of, right? If you own a Sheltie, like, okay, the dog is going to herd your children. Not so Not much. I've heard that before, like when people call and a mm-hmm. lot of times, you know, these trainers will mm-hmm. tell them, mm-hmm. you know, oh, don't get one of those. They'll mm-hmm. herd your children or whatever. I feel like, you know, they, it's more like incorporated into like a play kind okay. of a thing. I mean, I have a couple that will grab my ankles, but they're real careful not no, to. No, they don't bite. They don't break it's the just skin like or anything. They just kind of mouth your, yeah, um, they'll grab the, the pant leg a yeah, little bit. More right? of a playing, you okay. know, thing or whatever, but it's not anything. I think sometimes when, People that are interested here from, you know, a trainer or somebody that's marketing themselves as, you know, a breed expert or whatever will say that and it scares people away, but it's not really like that. I mean, I think these dogs are very athletic outside, Mm -hmm. very interested in being engaged with you outside, Mm -hmm. but then when they come in, they're just relaxed and they want to be in the same room as you and they'll greet you, but then they usually just go somewhere in the room and just lay down. So a little more independent, actually. Well, independent, but just kind of, there's calm and they just, they want to be in the same room with you, but they're not needy. They don't want to like be right next to you or be in your lap or they'll almost always just lay down in the room where you are. Mm -hmm. And then if you move rooms Mm -hmm. within five minutes, the dog, I don't know what it is, but it has six sense about, you know, the person leaving the room or whatever will wake up follow you to the next room, greet you, or, and then just kind of lay down in the room okay. with you. Okay. And what I love about them is they're so much fun outside and they're so engaging. And But then they come in and they're not, you know. Clingy. In, yeah, just like in the middle of the floor where you're so knocking into I was going to go to our sporting dog people. Yeah. My Packer had to be in my lap. Like if I was in his vicinity, he would right. like pace around and then I would sit down and he would be in my lap at all times. And the Springers are like that too. And the Sheltie, I mean, with the herding, he doesn't, but he'll poke me with his nose. Like he'll come up behind and poke me and then just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, and then the same thing. I'll, I'll move into a room and he'll lay down from the corner and keep an eye on me. And then if I move, he'll follow. But yeah, it's not clingy at all. It's, it's they want to be with you, but not on top of you like the sporting dogs right. do. The Britneys are totally different beast. The Britneys are food motivated. Shelty's food motivated. But here's the difference. My Britneys, I have kennels. They see a cookie. They jump in their kennel. They get the cookie. You turn around, you have the same cookie, you're looking at the same kennel, and you have this Sheltie that looks at you like, oh, 
that cookie means I go away. So I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> and then as you come close, I'm going to go run in circles, play what I want to do, and then we'll think about going where you want to go. Okay. So okay. It, it is very much a breed that is super smart. Mm-hmm. And there are now tools. A lot of us breeders have like boxes or puzzle boxes mm-hmm. for puppies that mm-hmm. they can climb over things, under mm-hmm. things. But mm-hmm. now, even on Amazon, you have these things that are toys made of plastic right. where you can right. put the food right. inside them right. and then they have to move a bar to be able to food, get to food it. Food puzzles. I think those are fabulous. Yeah. I use them on the warehouse all the time. <laughs> I feel like part of this kind of goes along with it is like, they're so smart and that helps them be adaptable. Cause like I'm still in college and I'll take my Sheltie with me to school. Like when I'm studying in a classroom and she totally understands like the appropriate behavior. She won't be hyper there. She'll go in the corner and lay down and you know, it just makes it a lot easier to take them different places with you and know because they're, they're able to kind of assess. Yeah, exactly. They can evaluate how they should behave in a situation. Nice. And like, you know, how their people are behaving. Very cool. And I love the fact they're the best mothers. Oh, really? I can honestly say I don't think I've ever had a bad mother. Nice. Nice. I mean, no C sections. No. Well, I've never. Knock on wood. (laughs) I never have had a C-section. Even, you know, and hopefully I won't, but they just, even young ones with their first litter, I mean, not too young, but, you know, their first litter, you know, they just get it. And they just, they're calm. Even ones that, you know, you would think might not be calm, they're calm. And, I mean, that makes such a huge difference. I keep every litter in my bedroom, and I have my room at, like, 85. (laughs) And I just really look forward to it. I love, everybody's like, aren't you hot? I'm like, no, it's just for a week, (laughs) you know, to keep them really warm, to get... I went to this seminar once many years ago, and I remember this guy was real famous. I forget his name, but he was like at University of Michigan. He said, most puppies die because they get cold. Now, whether this was true or not, but it made a huge impression on me. And he said, if it's 80 degrees or above, they don't get herpes. They don't get anything. So I got the Mm -hmm. Mm state-of-the-art electric Mm -hmm. heater and ran it in my room and I just really enjoy watching them with the puppies. And if it's warm, then I can leave the front open right. <laughs> and, you know, see what they're up to. Awesome. So I, I really enjoy having the puppies because it's like a, well, you know, people are like, super it must duper be so cute. much work. <laughs> but I just love it. It's fun. It is. All right. And so the last thing then when we're talking about confirmation, so we're going to give a little bit extra for the extra people who are interested in maybe participating in confirmation and junior showmanship and what have you, what is your ideal, like your mind picture? Somebody give me a mind picture, your beautiful dog. I mean, whenever I see something, I mean, obviously I just think beautiful angles and like a nice strong neck and a beautiful expression. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of like our breed is really known for like just beautiful eyes and the The sweet face face Mm -hmm. and, you know, just uh, all kind of goes together. And a good size is very important, right? You have a height DQ? Yes. yes. The standard is 13 to 16 inches. There we go. Okay. So when people are looking at, you know, maybe buying a Sheltie and they want to make sure they're getting a good one from a good breeder that they might consider showing, you want to make sure you're looking at a good proper size. Well, we all get as much as we would like to think. Sure. We're, they're all, everyone, yeah. you know, it all happens. Oh no, I'm a good breed. Cause I've had people call me and say like, Oh, my neighbor, they think it's a Sheltie, but it's not a Sheltie. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, it's probably a Sheltie. And I said, and any breeder tells you they don't get the big ones they mm. do. And it's just in the breed. 
and it just pops up. Okay, so here's a good question. History. Give us the history lesson on Shelties. Somebody give me the Sheltie History 101. Where the breed started, why it started, I mean, where'd they come from? Well, the, the Yaki dog, I think, was the first, the little on the Shetland Islands. Right. But I like to tell the story, and this is how it was told to me, that during World War II, some of the breeders that weren't being watched so closely crossed with collies. And I used to get these gigantic, I mean, they were huge. And the people would take them to the vet and the vet would say, this, you know, be a bi black. This is not a Sheltie. This is a mutt. So I'd have to call the vet up and go, both of the parents of that dog that you're saying is not a Sheltie are champions. And there was evidence of the collie cross. And that's what you're so they seeing. Think, you do think in the history of the breed that there was some back crossing. Oh, yeah. there right. stuff, right? They right. used to set the, the, set type. the type of the mm-hmm. breed, yeah. Okay. So it's not necessarily bred down from a collie sort of concept, but that that was No, in it was there. crossed. I was told, you know, when people weren't looking right. and I guess I can say it, Nate Levine <laughs> bred to collies. I think mm-hmm. they had collies too. Okay. And that kind of set the more of the modern day type. Okay. But with that, you get the collie bloodlines. Beagles have been bred to beagles for hundreds and hundreds of years, and our dogs have been bred to collies, like, you know, as they were developing the breed, and our breeds are a relatively young yeah. breed. So we get these throwback genes Throwbacks. every once in a mm-hmm. while that are there. Yeah. And, you know, some people, you know, oh, I like the sturdy Sheltie. I don't like the little tiny Sheltie. We like big ones. Yeah, we love big Shelties, or we love little Shelties, or whatever. But, you know, the best thing to do if you really want to show a dog you want to get into showing is you have to start going to dog shows right. and it's unlikely that you can just call a breeder and say, Hey, I think I'll just start showing a dog. Cause they're going to say, well, I'll sell you a show dog. And then you're going to come and say, wow, that's a lot of work. And this is kind of boring and this is whatever. And then we'll never see them again. And off goes the Pick you know, one show dog or whatever that we have. So it's kind of a survival of the fittest, you know, whoever sticks around long enough. And I love that. Actually, I love that description. Well, it's kind of true because, yeah. you know, all of us that have been doing this a really long time have heard the story every single time. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to have show dogs and I'm going to go to dog shows and I'm going to, you know, my kid wants to blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, just like anything, it just goes on, which is fine. It's an individual decision, yeah. but we don't want you taking our prize because right. with Shelties, you don't often get a lot and what, what's your more than size? one or two what's your litter size typically like four to six I okay say, so not average right. i mean you might get they don't necessarily breed true so i mean you might breed two of the best shelties ever together and you get nothing really show quality or that yeah, nothing you know they're just kind of yeah, dogs. Mm. like wow i don't think i, was I just, thought that was going to work out better <laughs> i was just <laughs> telling somebody about how i had these two dogs that didn't have good rears, and I bred them together, and I got, like, the best litter I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, they, they all had good rears, right. and I was like... So sometimes oh, you might get, on rare occasions, like two or three in a litter that are show quality, but sometimes you only get that one, and, right. you know, you're not going to necessarily take a chance on somebody that just said, hey, this seems like something I'd like to do. Right. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to kind of start out with a pet or start out with right. a, an obedience dog or, start, you know, and kind of just, once people start seeing you around... You know, then you well, might get learning a things. chance at something Mentorship. different. Right. This is just like a long-term sport, really. I mean, if you want to be successful in it, you can't just dabble in it. Like, you have to be in it, and, you know, for three, four, five generations of dogs before you really... And even then, I mean, I've been right. doing this a really long time, and, you know, I think, like, oh, wow, like, 
This is gonna be the best letter ever. Not like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not death. I got it. I got, I it. I got it. The formula. Never plan the litter theme as superheroes before they're actually on and the ground. Let me you tell you that you have two that get together without you knowing it, and they plan their own litter. And sometimes that can be like better than the ones you plan. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Mother Nature knows best. Well, yeah. So it's kind of humbling it um, is. in a lot of ways. So awesome. What I like is it's not such famous breed that. It's still kind of folksy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. gotta know people. Like they don't just let you breed to their dog if they don't know you. Mm-hmm. No. They've never been to your house. It can be very challenging. Like especially you know as show dogs and breeding right. program and everything. Right. You know I think that's what attracts me to it is because it's like it's never just boring ever right. because it's like there's always something new and lots or of something going on sometimes. But then the triumph will overtake the heartache and you know and we all just keep moving forward. So yeah. Okay. So last question because I know this is going to be one that you guys get the color thing everybody has to have a sable or everybody has to have a merle or everybody has to have a thing how do you talk to your puppy buyers about color I ask them what they want yeah. <laughs> and they always say I don't want a blue so I go okay fine I've got the try I sometimes have a sable because I do breed they're not disqualifying colors right. but you might get a sable merle and what cracks me up is when they come they go oh I want that. And I'm like, that's the one color you said you didn't want. And this has happened so many well, times. Because a lot of times in the books, you just go to Petco and you pick up a book on Shelties and you look and you flip through it and you see a blue and they're it's not gray. attractive. They're not attractive <laughs> at all. They're almost always like photos from Europe. Dingy. And, yeah, and they're kind of this, you know. Steel color. Yeah, and they're just not attractive at all. And then they see them. Sometimes they'll tell me, you know, like, oh, I don't want a blue. And I'll say, well, here's my website address. It's completely not up to date or whatever. But, like, you can just see pictures and examples of whatever. And then they'll be like, you know, same thing. Like, wow, that's beautiful. Or if they say they don't want a blue, I said, have you ever seen one? I always say that. Because, you know, the pictures don't And do you run into, in the rain, do you run into certain colors being more difficult to finish? For example, black pugs, terribly difficult to finish versus the fawn. Do you guys run into that, you know, the buy black? Is a buy black tougher than a sable or, you know, something like I that? I but I think other judges that are all-rounders that maybe can't see black faces necessarily. Right, right. But if it's like a really beautiful animal, you can take it to a specialty show where the judges actually get type in detail, there's not a problem. <laughs> so I've kind of run into something that lately, it might just be something silly, but I have really bright colored blues and they have white faces and some of them have blue eyes. And I've noticed lately that people have been saying, oh, I don't like those dogs with the, those blues with big white faces. And I'm kind of like, oh, oh, I never thought of it that way because <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Right. But that's, I mean, you do have a lot of variety in the breed and color. People have some options and I think choices. years ago, the breed that people, both the public and breeders, predominantly sable. I think sables were the prettier ones, the better quality ones were sable, and any other colors kind of lag behind. But now, I think really there's not a lot of difference, and I think the public knows, you know, they've seen these other colors, especially like with Aussies coming up, and, you know, they've become more familiar with the blue mural pattern. Yeah, and then I don't think there's that much of a difference, and I think in the show ring, you know, for years the quality was better in sables, and I I think in a lot of areas of the country, you know, the quality is better. And the tries and blues. And this is purely personal curiosity. I have seen a white-bodied, color-headed smooth and a rough, but I've never seen it in a Sheltie. Is that something you guys see, frown on? What is that? A color-headed white? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we have it in the breed. Do you? Okay, I've just never seen one. That's why I'm asking the question. I think people avoid breeding the, the white-factored ones together now Is more that, than they used to. Okay. I see a million mismarks, but very rarely a yeah, real color. Well, the colored yeah. whites, are, they're allowed to be shown in collies, but mm-hmm. right now we're, we don't Not allow them in Shelties. And okay. also, Shelties don't come in smooth varieties like right. Collies do. Right. So anyway, you can show a color-headed white, but even in Collies, like you don't see it that often. Yeah. You'll see it at really big specialties. Yeah. You'll yeah. see have a white class, or mm-hmm. you'll see color-headed whites. But Shelties don't do that. Well, we get them. You get them. can't show them if they're more than okay. 50% white. Okay. That's what I thought. So that's why it was just purely... <laughs> curiosity, because I don't know enough to be dangerous, basically. But it's, <laughs> it's true. It's totally true. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. I know you guys have a big meeting to get to, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Have a great national. Thank you. Good Dog is a secure online community that advocates for dog breeders, educates the public, helps informed puppy buyers connect directly with certified good breeders, and promotes responsible dog ownership. Good Dog is offering its good breeders special advanced access to the video recordings and transcripts for the full three-part Q&A webinar series with Dr. Hutchinson. All you have to do is sign up as a breeder at gooddog.com slash join. That is g-o-o-d-d-o-g dot com slash join or click the link in the show notes.